When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 226, and yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, let me ask you a question you need to answer honestly. When you attend a networking event, what intention are you hoping to achieve? Is it to hand out as many business cards as you can to everybody that is there in the room? Or maybe it's to share your elevator pitch with as many people that will listen. Well, according to my guest, listen to this, you'll be make a far better impression if you let other people talk about what they do rather than you getting concerned with delivering your elevator pitch to anyone and everyone in that room. Now, joining me today on today's show is Dana Kay. Dana is the founder of Kay Publicity Inc. Inc., a boutique book PR company, the author of your book, your brand, or your book, your brand, the step-by-step guide to launching your book and boosting your sales. She's also the creator of Branding Outside the Box, and she helps driven entrepreneurs become more memorable and make more meaningful connections, which I'm sure is something uh, we're all looking for as ambitious entrepreneurs. Now, on today's show specifically, she's going to share, learn how to become more memorable in a quick hit culture. Obtain the tools that you need to be able to network far more confidently and far more benefits and and results from those networking meetings, as well as how to connect with the right people to advance your career and your business. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a true pleasure. Before we hit record, one of the things that we were talking about, which is so true, unfortunately and sadly, is that many women in business, and some men too, we don't want to generalize too much, they attend a lot of networking events, yet sadly they walk away and say to themselves, well, that was a waste of time. I didn't generate any results from that. And I think we really need to reframe uh, just the, the way that we think about networking events and really have some key strategies in place. So I'm really thankful that you are here today to talk about this because this is something that we can never talk too much about because uh, networking and building relationships is so important, particularly when we're increasing in this online world, when we're meeting face to face, it's just a great opportunity to connect. What I love to do is give um, all of the guests an opportunity just to share their journey to where you are today? Has it been something that you've always wanted to do or is it through different experiences that you're now talking about this and now obviously in your business? Well, it's funny because in hindsight, like looking back now, it's clear that networking played 
a crucial role in my company's mm-hmm. success. Yes. I started out, I was a creative writing major, which is so, so practical. <laughs> and I was a freelance writer and mostly a book critic mm-hmm. in starting in college and then for a few years after. And I knew I wanted to do something different. I knew I loved telling people what to read. I knew I wanted to be in the publishing industry. And so I went to book publicity and I was applying for jobs in New York, kind of half-heartedly because I didn't really want to move to New York. I'm a proud Chicagoan. And I finally was like, you know, maybe I'll start something myself, but I wasn't really sure how to go about it. Mm -hmm. And I was was attending a writer's conference. And one of the authors who I knew from the conference and from the local literary community had her debut novel coming out uh, a few months later and was saying that she was going to hire an outside publicist. Uh-huh. And as a book critic, I worked with publicists constantly. So mm. I was telling her, oh, you know, make sure they follow up because sometimes I lose track of books and mm-hmm. make sure they don't send anything gimmicky, like packages full of glitter or something like that. Yes. And finally, after a few minutes of t- and a few glasses of wine, but after telling her all the things that she should look for, she finally just turned to me and she's like, well, why don't you just do it? Yeah. Why don't you just be my publicist? Mm-hmm. And I went home and thought about it and I created a proposal and she was game and it went from there. And from that, that was in February of 2009 Mm -hmm. from at, by the end of that year, I had over 30, I had about 30 clients and I thought it was just because I was doing something, you know, so groundbreaking and something I'd never done before. But the truth is, is that I had put those seeds into place far, like way earlier Mm -hmm. through my work as a book critic, um, through freelance writing, through going to networking events, conferences, being an engaged member of the local literary community. Mm -hmm. And I, I, that was all the people that I was working with. Some of them knew me before, but others just knew our clients. Like, Mm. you know, Jamie, my first client, um, Jamie Frevoletti, who's a thriller author. She told everybody, everyone's like, Oh, how did you get this? How did you get this? She said, well, Dana did it. Dana did it. And so I got a lot of clients very quickly and it was because it wasn't like I was doing anything. I was doing some groundbreaking things in my work, but it wasn't like I was out selling myself and trolling for clients. So much of it came to me. Yes. Um, And, and so I've been working um, as a book publicist for at this point, gosh, it's almost 10 years now. (laughs) And so I, I knew that my work with authors is still very important to me. And, you know, I'm still running capability, but I knew that the things that I was teaching them could apply to so many different people, particularly creative entrepreneurs. Mm. A lot of us, you know, if we're working at, you can see we both work from home. Mm-hmm. We we're alone most of the time. We don't necessarily, a lot of us are in the online space and networking and creating meaningful connections and really like rising above the din can be so difficult. And so I really want to take all the things just like it's difficult for authors to stand out on a bookshelf or Mm -hmm. in an Amazon search. So I wanted to take all the things that I was doing for my author clients and help other people do the same. And so that's when I started branding outside the box. Oh, I love that. And one of the things that you said um, as you were sharing your story was the conversation happened over a couple of glasses of wine. It's amazing, (laughs) isn't it? When you develop relationships and have a glass of wine or whatever you're drinking, the conversations and opportunities that can come out of that are just incredible. In fact, something that uh, I'm working on at the moment, um, which is just so exciting, came from that too. 
with someone I'd met mm-hmm. a number of times at networking events. And then we happened to, well, we were building no like and trust. And then over the conversation, I just happened to mention something. And then he said, hang on a second. And then the conversation went from there. Now, thank goodness for that particular friend and colleague who said, well, why don't you do that for me? Because that's then now uh, the trajectory that's led you down uh, to doing the work that you are today. So you mentioned something earlier, and I think we can all resonate with that, particularly if we are working from home, getting out there and networking. We know that it's really important, but it can be frightening for some people, particularly if networking and introducing yourself to strangers just seems so foreign and, and quite shy. So considering that, how can we become more memorable? Let's t- turn to that for now. And especially when we're thinking about, you know, quick hit culture. And I guess what you mean with quick hit culture is that people are, you know, trying to rise to the top and one hit wonders and all that kind of thing. Is that kind of what you're think you, you're meaning behind quick hit culture? What does it mean for well, you? It is. It's also about the fact that our attention spans are shortening Mm. by the day. Uh, We want headlinings. We want clickbait, cliff notes. We want people to get to the point. We don't have time. Um, It's even like, you know, I was listening to a couple of your your, uh, previous episodes of the podcast Mm. and you do a really great job of hooking people right in the beginning. You tell people what they're going to hear on the episode and then they're engaged. They want to know what they're going to get. And if they aren't delivered that right away, they tune out. Yeah. If they, if, if they hear something or like, Oh, get to the point, get to the point. So mm. I find that a lot of people, especially if you're a creative, mm. um, you know, again, we work with authors, but a lot of, you know, graphic designers and, um, you know, photographers and other people in these businesses, they think that what they're doing is so unique and cannot be explained in any meaningful way that they meander and take so long to really <laughs> convey what yes. they do. Or on the flip side, they, rely on conventions. Like Mm. I'm a wedding photographer. Well, I've met lots of wedding photographers. What sets you apart? What makes you unique? And how can you incorporate that into what you do? If I go to you and say, oh, Mm. I'm a business coach or a business consultant, we're like, well, drop in the bucket Mm. with the rest of the business consultants I know. And, but if I say I help entrepreneurs become more memorable, that sticks with people a lot more. And it's more descriptive about what I do and what makes me unique. Mm. And so at networking events, first of all, when people are nervous, they ramble. Mm. It's, it's, <laughs> it's inevitable. They talk quickly, they get nervous, they ramble. And so I help people really hone in on their tagline, their mm-hmm. elevator pitch and deliver it with confidence. But then I encourage everyone to turn the spotlight around onto the other person. Yes. I, I don't have scientific data backing me up, but there was a study about, um, that people find conversations more memorable Mm -hmm. if they did most of the talking. Mm. So in a conversation where I do most of the talking, I'm going to remember that far more fondly than if the other person did most of the talking. I tell the story of, I was at a trade show um, and there was a new books reporter for the Wall Street Journal Mm -hmm. at a party. And obviously as a book publicist, that's a contact I needed to make. And so I went up to him, introduced myself, and then I let him talk for about 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I don't think I even said I was a book publicist. I just introduced myself and let him talk. I asked him questions, kept him talking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at the time I was like, oh, this is tiresome and kind of annoying. Um, But he seemed like he was having a good time. So Mm -hmm. great. And when I followed up with him a couple days later saying it was nice to meet you, he said, yours was my favorite conversation I had at that whole party. Yeah. 
Because you and showed we interest. went out to work together for yeah. a couple of stories. And I think that's because, you know, what we said in the introduction, which you, you really alluded to, was when you show interest in someone else and you're asking questions and you're interested and you've got that curiosity to want to know more, people respect that, don't you? And, and that builds no like and trust because someone is actually taking the time to, um, to to listen. Now, as you said, if someone is droning on a little bit or talking, you've got to maintain that expression, you know. <laughs> you don't but it's well, true you can it? change, you can turn it back you yeah. can like guide them back and ask a question like oh back to what you were saying before mm. this sounds really interesting and try to pull them try to pull them back yeah. um but you you have to show a genuine if you show a genuine interest in people not just like you know letting them talk and then you you know playing you know songs mm. in your head if you show a general a genuine interest in people we connect with that yes especially in such a you know egotistical mm. selfie kind of culture where mm. everything is me 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 yes it's it really takes people by surprise when someone else is like really engaged with them mm -hmm. um, and they really want someone to be truly engaged and the same goes for virtual because the fact is as many of us you know the the beauty of the internet is you can work from anywhere so mm. i know a lot of people living in rural areas or and they don't have the opportunity for in real life networking events and even on social media, like commenting with genuine comments on someone's Facebook post, asking questions during their Facebook Live, mm -hmm. sharing their content with some commentary about how meaningful this article was to you, that is also making a genuine connection and elevating mm -hmm. other people. And I personally remember everyone who, not everyone who's hit the retweet button, but I remember people who have shared my content and commented or shared something or done, kind of gone above and beyond to mm -hmm. show that they're engaged. And I take note of that. And yes. if they ever, those people ever came to me and said, I need a favor or I want to, you know, can you do this for me? Mm -hmm. I'd be more inclined to do it because they were sharing my, my content first. Yes. And you know what we was talking earlier about being in a, a quick hit culture, um, that what you've just explained where we are taking the time to find out about the person, we're having genuine conversations, we're sharing, if we're doing it online and commenting, that in itself is going to now stand out because of the fact that so many people don't have the time to do it. And you can almost see that person who, as you're speaking, they've asked you, they're just priming themselves for you to ask them so that they can then take over that conversation. So if you're someone who steps right. back and allows that person to show interest, there's something else that, that happens in that moment too. And I'm sure you can um, give feedback to the conversation that you had with the, um, the publicist or the, the gentleman that you're talking about. The information that you can glean from that conversation, what they're sharing, are such golden nuggets that you can continue to build the relationship with, deepen that, or find, is there someone in my network that I can connect? So you can be almost the go-to person that has this extensive network that you can tap into different resources. I'm sure that you find that that happens continuously too, yes? Yes, that's actually exactly what I tell when I'm coaching people mm. on how to network better is... That's exactly right. I tell them to think about as they're talking, to think about how you can serve that person. Mm. If it's if this is a, a true connection that you want to make, the first question is how can you serve them? Yes. What resources do they need? What clients can you send them? Mm -hmm. What introduction can you make? And I know that for a lot of people who may be just starting out and wanting to make connections with like the big wigs, they need help too. Um, mm. I remember reaching out when I was just starting to some online entrepreneurs and just said. I love your content. I listen to your podcast. I'm on your what? I'm on your newsletter list. 
is there something you have coming out that I can help amplify? Mm. And many of them came to me and said, actually, yes, I have a course launch or a membership site or whatever it may be. And, you know, no affiliate commission necessarily. Sometimes mm-hmm. they offered it, but for a lot of it was just great. I'll share that on my Facebook group. I'll share it on Twitter. Um, and before serving them before I asked for anything, yes. try to serve them twice before you ask for anything. Yeah. And so that's exactly what I do when I'm listening to people. Sometimes, you know, not every, not all people are created equal. And so there's some people that you meet, you're like, Oh, I don't want to have this person in my life. And that's fine. And what I use those moments for, if I'm listening and in a weird conversation, I use those moments to think, okay, what could this person be doing better to Mm. engage my interest? And how can I bring that technique? And do I ever do what this person is doing and use that as like a a teachable moment? Yes. (laughs) There's always lessons in every situation that we find ourselves in. It's just the way that we reframe it and look at it. I love that. So lots of great strategies there for people who are nervous. What about some, some strategies that can help calm the nerves so that we can even approach someone and remember our names? I mean, I've had some colleagues that said, I just forget all, you know, sensibilities. What's my name kind of thing. And because some people are very nervous to reach out and introduce themselves. Oh, it's a scary thing. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, I mean, from when we were little kids, we were taught stranger danger and all mm, these things. It's, it's a nerve wracking thing. Um, so I actually, I created a networking event checklist, um, which helps because yes. I, I find that the more prepared I am, the more confident I'll be going in. Mm. And so it show, it's a checklist to do things before, during, and after the event. So like yeah. one of them is write out your tagline. And, you know, do you have business cards? Do you have, and just go through. And I find that once you're fully prepared, that makes you a little less nervous. Mm. Um, Once you get there, first of all, if it's a networking event, you have to remember that everyone is there for the same reason you are. Mm -hmm. Everyone is there to make connections. They're not there to stand in a corner and be doted upon. Like they're there to also make connections. So never to be afraid to go up to somebody um, and maybe infiltrate a group say, you know, excuse me for interrupting. Mm. Um, may I join you? Whatever that may be, but everyone's there for the same reason. I also recommend if people are a little nervous, like I, I've, I've learned to go into a group and just introduce myself and, you know, Mm. let, let the conversation resume. But if that seems way too nerve wracking, I recommend looking for people standing along the perimeter of a room. Mm. Usually if they're on their phone, I know a lot of people say, oh, well, they're on their phone. They're doing something important. They're not doing anything important. Mm. They're standing awkwardly, hoping someone will come up to them so they don't have to go up to anyone else. Yes. And if they are really having, first of all, if if I was having an emergency, which as a publicist, you know, sometimes we have those, I would step out. Mm -hmm. Um, I would step outside and take a call and, or, you know, text or whatever I needed to do. I wouldn't be in the event. Mm -hmm. And if they are doing it in the event, they'll tell you, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm doing something which is not a big deal, but nine times out of 10, they're just scrolling Facebook and Instagram. Tr- trying not to trying get to figure out what they're, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have no idea what to do. So mm-hmm. that's who I would hone in. If you're nervous, go and hone in on somebody who's also maybe a little bit nervous and mm-hmm. help them break, break the ice. Yes. Um, as opposed to infiltrating a, a big group mm. and same recommendation, let people talk about themselves, ask them, meaningful questions show that you're listening mm-hmm. it takes the pressure off you and then when they finally do turn the conversation around because if they are you know cognizant and self-aware they will turn the conversation around mm-hmm. tell them what who you are and what you do and deliver your elevator pitch and hopefully they will 
return the same courtesy of asking you meaningful questions. Yeah, I love that. And also too, a reminder that many other people who are there are also probably nervous. I think often we can elevate our nervousness to such a, a state that we actually begin to fear the fear. And then when we realize, <laughs> you know what, everybody's probably feeling a little bit awkward. And I love the idea of the checklist and we're going to share with people how they can get access to that. But sometimes you just need a few questions that you can ask. And once you uh, know that this will work and it's going to open up the conversation and have the other person speak to you, the ice just gets broken because they're actually doing the speaking. You don't have to say anything other than ask that really good question that prompts the, the conversation. So that certainly is um, fantastic. What would you say then to people who are leaving networking events? Because often we think, well, that's it. Our job is done. But that's where it really we need to build and maintain that momentum. What are some tips? I'm sure you've got some great things in the checklist we'll share in a moment. But what are some things we need to start thinking about? So that's the biggest mistake I find that people make. I'm always shocked when I give my card, I go to a conference or event and I give out, you know, 30, 40 cards and how few people actually respond. Mm -hmm. Like they get shuffled onto a desk or filed away somewhere or mm -hmm. lost. And it's such a missed opportunity for people. It's, it's a real shame. I, first of all, I recommend that if you gig bring home business cards, follow up sooner rather than later because you're going to forget and life gets busy and because networking isn't necessarily like an urgent in quotes, mm -hmm. <laughs> urgent need. We sometimes put it by the wayside and you know, the relationships you, you, the people you meet at networking events, those are your contacts. Mm -hmm. Those aren't relationships. You've just made a contact. You had an introduction. It takes time to build those relationships. And that usually happens in a one-on-one -on -one interaction. Mm -hmm. So when I am at a networking event after, during, usually during, I, my memory is a little bit, isn't the best. So I um, write on business cards. So if I meet somebody, they give me their business card. I'll kind of scurry off to a corner write a few notes about what we talked about. Mm -hmm. And so that when I come back and I have like a whole stack of cards, I know exactly it triggers my memory yeah, of who good. I talked to and what mm -hmm. we talked about. And then I, I follow up right after with a resource or some sort of help service that I'm providing to them. Mm -hmm. So I usually say, it says, Dana, it was nice to meet you at this event. It was so great talking to you about X, Y, Z as part of discussion, I saw this article, I think you might enjoy, mm -hmm. or I'd love to make an intro to this person. Would you like me to do that? Mm -hmm. And some sort of, this is how I would like to help you. And it shows that you are really listening. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my, my wife was at a, at a conference. She works in finance and she was mm -hmm. at an international conference and she spoke with somebody at the conference about rare coins. Um, and, you know, again, yeah. something she doesn't know anything about, but he was a rare coin collector. Yes. And when she followed up afterwards saying, it was nice meeting you. And, you know, I looked up those coins you mentioned and did you know about this? He responded and was so floored that wow. she remembered. He was so yes. touched. Like, mm. oh, I can't believe you remembered this quirky thing <laughs> that we talked about. Yeah. So it makes an impression. Mm. Um, and you may think that, you may think that like, oh God, these people are flooded with emails. And I'm here to tell you that we are not. Mm. Like I have given talks at, for, at college campuses, um, at different corporations, at, I've had one-on-one -on -one consults or like courtesy, you know, mm. I'll call them like pick your brain mm -hmm. coffees with people. The amount of people that actually follow up is dismal. Probably like one 
to 5%. Yeah. So just it by sucks. following up, you are going to stand Standing out. out. Mm-hmm. So I don't, again, it goes back to that fear, Amber, like you were yeah. saying that we're so f- we're in fear of the fear mm-hmm. that we, we psych ourselves out like, oh, I'm just going to bother them. Like, oh, they don't need another in- email in their inbox. It's absolutely not true. You are going to stand out simply, simply by mm-hmm. reaching out. Yes. Um, in that email, I also recommend next steps. I don't recommend saying, can I pick your brain? Let's have a coffee date. Mm-hmm. I recommend having a clear agenda of what you want from that person. Mm-hmm. So even if it's not, even if you're not really sure what you want, mm-hmm. say something. Um, I met a, for example, I met um, the, a brand director at this big marketing company. She seemed really cool. Like she knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to her and have a connection with her. And when we met, we were talking about Facebook watch and the new Facebook watch uh, mm. vertical, I guess. And so when I followed up, I said, I'd love to hear, have a virtual coffee date. She's in New York. Um, I'd love to have a virtual coffee date and talk more about how you're using Facebook watch in your brand strategy. Mm. And having that specific agenda item makes people more likely to say yes. I don't yeah. want to hear I don't want someone to pick my brain or talk to me about my mm. journey for an hour with no real agenda. Like I want someone to get something clear out of it. So if someone says, I'm thinking about leaving my job and starting my own business and I would love to hear mm. how you did it and mistakes you made, I'm more likely to say yes than can we just get to coffee? Yeah, you know, coffee if there's and no agenda or no intention. Vague. Yeah, totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's great because often we don't plant that seed if you will and it doesn't leave room for that conversation and it prompts the other person to to then be confirmed oh this other person just sent an email is interested wants to know more happy to to follow up with them which i think is uh, such a powerful strategy and one as you say not many of us do so just changing that approach is going to to help us to stand out. What are some, as we come to the end of the interview, what are some insights you want to share around um, really connecting with the right people to advance your career? I mean, you've given already some great tips on on how to reach out and and be a resource help to to share, but what other insights can you share around that area? Sure. So I believe that there's, you don't need hundreds of connections. Mm. You really need a few good ones. And I believe that there's three types of people that you should focus on building into your network. Mm. The first and obvious one is clients and customers, right? Mm. These are the people who want whatever you're selling, whether it's your services, products, and you should focus on cultivating and engaging those customers. So again, you're building a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not, you don't, the one-off shopper doesn't have the same effect as someone who is a repeat customer. Mm. The second person is a referrer. And I think that's someone that a lot of people overlook. It's someone else that serves your client base. Mm-hmm. So it serves the, your customer avatar, the people that you're targeting, but they offer different services. Yes. So for K publicity, one of the best referrers are literary agents. And the reason is, is that literary agents earn money by how many books are sold. They get a commission off of every book sold. Uh So they are incentivized to have those books sell. Mm. And so it makes sense that they would want their clients to hire an outside publicist to help with sales. So it's not a coincidence that 
five of our clients share the same agent mm. because if we're doing right by one client and we increase sales for one client, they're going to refer us more. Yes. So again, we both work with authors, but we do different things for those authors mm. for on the brand side for, you know, consulting with entrepreneurs. I've gotten referrals from other business coaches, from life coaches, from graphic designers, mm -hmm. from people who are serving the similar audiences, but they offer a very different, a mm -hmm. different service. Yes. You can sometimes get referrers. Like I will refer, capability is fairly booked most of the time. Mm -hmm. So I often refer to other publicists, but for the most part, our referrals come from people who serve a, the same clients, the same type of client, but they do different things. Yes. The third person to build into your network is a peer. This one also gets overlooked. People are so, I don't know if you get this, Anne-Marie, from the people you interview, but like people are so concerned with like building your network and growing your list and more followers and more and more and more. And they're so focused on that. I'm like, if you just focus on these people, they're gonna, people are gonna come to you. Yes. <laughs> like you don't have to go chasing customers in the mm -hmm. same way. Um, so a peer is someone who probably does either the same thing that you do or has similar challenges. So I have peers in who wear different hats. I have, um, I'm in an indie PR group, which is for independent publicists. Mm -hmm. I'm in a, I have a community in the publishing world of you know, authors, agents, editors. Um, and then more recently, I have a group of mostly female entrepreneurs mm. and mostly online entrepreneurs. And so that group, again, I can ask for feedback on sales pages or if a client's being weird and those sorts of things we can get feedback on yes they can also be a, a peer can also be a referral stream as well um but for the most part you know we live like you said many of us are operating online and mm -hmm. so it can be easy to forget that we want that we need other people's opinion like we need mm -hmm. growing a business takes a village yes. and so to have peers from different walks of life with different skill sets different talents different approaches to business mm -hmm. will be really helpful in taking your business to the next level. Yes. So I would recommend focusing if you're like, I don't want to network or I don't know how focus on these three groups, like focus on cultivating your core clients. Mm -hmm. And if you have a client base already, great focus on engaging those clients. Mm -hmm. Like I think that if you, if your clients are so satisfied and so happy with your services, they're going to be referrers Absolutely. and they're going to be repeat customers. They're going to keep coming back. So rather than focusing, I got to reach, I got to get myself out there. I got to reach new people. I got to meet, 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 mm. try to just really build relationships slowly and deeply mm -hmm. and it will make a bigger difference. So yeah. your customer, your peer and a referrer, if you make those three people, then you can exponentially grow your business in a short, short amount of time. Yeah. What I love about that is that with those two, you know, your peers and then the referral alliances that you build, they are consistently networking and getting referrers and so forth. And similar to what you just said, where sometimes you're so busy, you will refer business on to other publicists. That's what happens, doesn't it? And because you've taken the time to really build know, like, and trust, you're working with integrity, you're delivering great results. So that business just naturally, because you're building the, the momentum, because exactly what you said, we see a lot of people attending one event after the other, one event after the other, but they're not taking the time to really build those deeper connections and they're not saying strategically in my network who do I need some of the key people and then obviously the other people that you meet can, can filter in there too but um, I can see that that's a huge gap 
in people's businesses yeah. and not establishing those. I really focus on, you know, again, quality of relationships over mm. quantity. I think that if you if you focus rather than, again, taking 10 meetings with 10 people, mm. 10 meetings with two people, you're going to build a more meaning, again, a more meaningful, deeper relationship. Quick hits are easy. Again, it goes back to the quick hit culture. Yes. It's easy for me to like swap business cards at a networking event or say, you know, hi at a conference or mm. send you a quick email saying, you know, hope, how are things or a LinkedIn message congratulating you on your work anniversary. <laughs> like those things are easy. Mm. Like I, I don't notice those things. I just had um, our work anniversary and it apparently notifies everyone I'm connecting with on LinkedIn and I got like 500 messages, but they're all those canned, mm. you know, like self-filling like, oh, things are not one. meaningful. No. There's no meaning to it. And mm. so if I am going to actively reach out to somebody, I think about, I think about how I can do it with meaning. Yeah. I have taken to writing handwritten thank you notes, mm. handwritten letters. Um, I, if I'm going to do an email, I'll again, be really thoughtful. If I want to reach out to connect about something, I'll take a moment and see like what they've been up to read a couple art. Mm. If they've been publishing articles or if they were on a podcast, I'll listen to it. Um, you know, again, before this interview, I listened to three of the podcasts to make sure I was prepared. Like it makes a, it, it shows that you're committed. Mm. And I think, especially, I think once you get to a certain level of success, like I get probably, let's call them brain picking requests mm -hmm. once a week to have lunch, to have coffee here. You guys should get together because she needs help and you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I take notice of the people who go the extra mile mm -hmm. and say, I notice you did this and this, um, I see you're in this neighborhood. I'd love to come up to you and, mm -hmm. you know, make it easy for you and all these things. I take notice over that. The people yeah. who are like, who feel entitled to my time mm -hmm. or feel that they can just walk in and expect me to give them an hour of my time, which in essence costs money mm -hmm. um, and give that to them. I think that that's when I start to have like a poor, a poor taste in my mouth and I don't really have that relationship. Yeah, um, stands out for the I'm wrong always reasons. Yeah. I'm shocked mm. at how many, again, going back to the, we're all guilty of it. So I don't mm. want to be on a high horse and preaching. We've all, we're all guilty of it, but the amount of people that have met with me and I've given dedicated time to, mm. to help them in their careers. And the number of people who don't write thank you notes, who don't even send an email saying, thank you for your time. It's staggering yeah. at least half, sometimes yeah. more. And so thinking about how you can build those relationships and really serve your customers, your network even better. Um, there, and there, and there's so much technology to do it. Uh, one of my favorite tools that we've been using is an app called uh, Bonjoro. Oh, Have you heard of Bonjoro? No, how do you spell that for people? B O N J O R O. Okay. And what is the app? Um, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So what it does, and you can set up different automations mm. um, and we're on the freebie plan. So we only have one automation, <laughs> but you have more, you can have more. Um, what it does is when someone either signs up for your mailing list or signs up for your e-course or books a consultation, mm -hmm. it notifies you in the app on your phone says like, so-and-so booked a consultation, send them a Bundro and you can open the app and do a video message, record a video message. Uh immediately yes. and send them a video message, a personalized video message. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, I, I remember there was a distinct time where um, someone registered for an e-course. It was like 10 PM on a Saturday night. I just happened to be up 
maybe I think watching a movie and I had my phone and I saw that I, someone registered yeah. and I got a little n- notification and I was like, you know what? I'm in my sweatpants. It's Saturday night, but who cares? Let's do this. Plugged in my headphones, pulled up my phone and just said, Hey, um, you know, Bob, thanks for signing up for the course. Um, I'm here. If you have any questions, you know, forgive the, you know, evening attire. Um, but I'm so excited to have you in the group or in the course, sign up for the Facebook group, those sorts of things. And he wrote back shocked. Yeah. That would have blown him away. He's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. He was just like, I thought this was an e-course that I was just going to like watch and passively, Mm. you know, and do on my own. That is brilliant. It happened to be a networking e-course. So I'm like, see, see, practice what I, but there's so much technology out there to do those little, Mm. to do those little things. Um, or I had asked, I'm in a, um, a Facebook ads group and I had posted a question um, saying like, this is being weird. I'm, oh, it, I remember it was getting a feedback on my sales page and the ads weren't started not converting the way I thought mm-hmm. they were. And I just posted and the man who runs the group, who's also in Australia, uh, Andrew Hubbard, mm-hmm. he posted a video. He was like, here's your sales page. Here's your ads. This is what's, this is what the problem is. Oh. And that level, again, that level of service that he would be able to take the time and record a video mm-hmm. and do this personalized thing for me. Wow. I mean, I'll, I'll buy whatever. Yeah. That, he, that <laughs> I'll buy whatever he ever sells. Cause he's so great at building at serving. Yeah. At serving. And that first. makes a huge difference, you know, and, and often what this is with this whole conversation, I've absolutely loved it. Thank you for taking the time to share your insights is that for us to really stand out and all of us are looking for ways to cut through the noise and to stand out. It's coming back to, build relationships, go the extra mile, provide high quality, integral service, and that's going to make you stand out. And it's kind of those things should just be a give anyway, but but so many people are not doing them. So by doing them, you're actually going to stand out and really go a long way to developing that relationship. Amazing. It's so easy. Yeah. It really is. It takes so little to make a lasting impression, to make a lasting impression. It really does. Dana, how can people get in contact with you and also get access to that checklist? Sure thing. Um, So I am at brandingoutsidethebox.com. So I am on Twitter, Facebook, all of the things and all the buttons are there. And to access the networking checklist, you can go to brandingoutsidethebox.com slash networking checklist. Fantastic. Very straightforward. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. We put all of those links on the show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash AES226. And of course, for those of you who are listening to the audio version, we also recorded this as well. So you can come across to the show notes and actually watch um, Dana share her brilliance. Thank you so much once again for coming on the show. Thank you for hosting me. It's a true pleasure. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by BeTheDifferenceMovement.com, changing the world one message at a time. Do you feel called to influence real change with your message? Join our supportive community of like-minded influencers, thought leaders, and disruptors at www.BeTheDifferenceMovement.com. That's BeTheDifferenceMovement.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.